Welcome to the ARC Experience, featuring the stories of self-advocates with disabilities and their families from around Wisconsin. Be inspired. Take action. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the ARC Experience Podcast. My name is Lisa Pugh, and I'm the Executive Director at the ARC Wisconsin. We are talking today about all things COVID-19 vaccine, and we have a great expert to share information with you today about how and where to find the vaccine, how to know if you're eligible, and just kind of those steps about what to do next. So we are recording this on March 10th. So some of the information we share here may change just be aware of that. But um, as of today, uh, we know that participants in programs like Family Care and Iris and um, children in Medicaid programs, children who have disabilities who are ages 16 and 17, are actually now eligible to sign up for vaccine appointments. So we really want to learn more from our expert guest, who is Sue Urban. She's a registered nurse consultant with Iris. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Lisa. I'm glad to be here and happy to be able to answer questions on this important topic. Well, I can think of nobody better to talk about vaccine with than Sue Urban. So um, <laughs> let's get right in, Sue. So we are an organization, ARC Wisconsin is an organization that advocates for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. So can you let us know who in that population and in that broader population of people with disabilities that is eligible for the vaccine like right now? Sure. Yeah. As of uh, March 1st, it really opened up as to who's eligible for the vaccine. So right now, and as you stated before, if you're in a long-term care program like family care, uh, partnership, PACE, or an IRIS, you're eligible. And then as you mentioned, if you're in a children's program and over the age of 16, then you are eligible for, for the vaccine as well. Cause it's just, you know, safety with getting a vaccine, you have to be of a certain age, so that's 16. So really any of the children's programs, the Katie Beckett Medicaid, uh, the, uh, the COP program, any of those programs um, you'd be eligible for and then anybody over the age of 65. So if you're in one of these programs or you're not, you're eligible. And I'd also just like to stress that these groups also include whoever helps you out. So paid or unpaid. So it's really important that we encourage the people that support you to get a vaccine too. So, cause they're included and have been in this group. So when you say people who help, help you out, like your, your caregivers, people who provide caregivers to you. Yeah, and it could be family, you know, caregivers, paid, unpaid, whoever supports you, whoever helps you out are eligible. Okay. You know, Sue, one thing I've been hearing, and I think it's important to address is sometimes people are skeptical about the vaccine. Um, nobody really likes getting a shot, but, um, and we know there's different kinds out there now. Uh, are they all the same? Are they safe? What can you tell us about that? Sure. And, and that is a concern. And I get that question all the time. And right now we have three vaccine types that are available in Wisconsin. Uh, for use. The Johnson & Johnson was just approved for emergency use. And then, of course, we have the Pfizer and Moderna that have been approved. Um, I will say, if I think, I feel, 
it's safe to say that all of these are the same as far as it's so important to get a vaccine that it doesn't matter which one you get at this point as long as you get one. And also, you won't get a choice of what you receive. So I've heard people say, well, I want the Johnson & Johnson because it's only one shot. You don't have a choice in that. When you go to a clinic, they'll get one specific type. Some of the vaccines, two of them, the Moderna and the Pfizer, you have to get two vaccines in the series, but they're more effective. They're 95% effective, whereas the Johnson & Johnson is around 75 to 80% effective. Does that make it uh, the worst vaccine to get? Not necessarily, because the more of us who are vaccinated, the better. So getting protection is, is the best thing to do. So all vaccines work into decreasing your risk of getting COVID, all of them. All the vaccines, all three are safe and approved for use. So really it's just that two doses versus, versus one is the only change. And then um, while a vac all these vaccines are safe, people should know that there are some side effects when you get vaccinations. And these mean that your body, when you get one of these, your body is working to create immunity, but you can get a fever, you can get some chills or be tired or have a headache or have muscle aches, that's not uncommon. And the other thing is where you get the injection in your arm can be sore and you can have some swelling there where you got the shot. But all these side effects should go away in a few days, and it shouldn't keep you from getting that important second shot. But all vaccines can do that. And again, that just means it's working. And also, having those side effects is better than getting COVID, because you can get a lot sicker with the COVID virus. So putting up with some side effects for a couple of days is much better than taking that risk. Oh, I so totally agree. You know, I am a, a caregiver for my daughter who uses the IRIS program. And um, we ended up getting vaccinated as her caregivers here in our family. And I we didn't have any side effects. So I think it probably really just kind of depends, right? Correct. My aunt is 90 years old. She just turned 92 days ago. And she had her second shot last week. And she did not have any side effects with either shot. But I always just like to tell people that could happen so they're not surprised. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, you didn't experience that. That's great. And I'm happy to hear that you received the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm hearing so many more success stories and I'm really happy that um, the information is getting out to folks. So that kind of brings me to my next question. So let's say I know I'm eligible for the vaccine and I wanna get vaccinated. What do I actually do first? You know, like where, where do I go? Who do I call? Where can I find a place to get vaccinated? What are your tips? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? Um, so first of all, decide if you want the vaccine and we hope you do, because I really do think it's important for us to all go back to normal that we all have to understand that it's a joint effort to get vaccinated. And then after you decide to get vaccinated, the next thing you wanna find out are places where you can get vaccinated. Um, that there's a, a whole bunch of places and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that's the next thing is find out the place. 
Then once you select that place, you need to schedule an appointment. And then once you have your appointment, you need to get a ride and schedule that. And then it's really important to write down the where and when of your appointment so you don't miss it. There's nothing you have to do to prepare yourself physically for the vaccine other than maybe wear um, a t-shirt so somebody can have access to your upper arm. And if it's chilly, wear a jacket over that. That's a tip I already get, always give people because <laughs> you are going to have to expose your arm. And then um, when you have your appointment, they're going to give you a card to show you were vaccinated and they're going to set up that second appointment to get your vaccination as well. So those are the, all the steps that you need to do. And of course, you know, when you have your appointment, you're going to have to get your ride. And this I'm going to bring up a couple times. Try to get your caregiver to get their vaccine too so you can ride together. Yeah, really, really good point. So I think if you break it into steps, it does make it seem more manageable. And I know now we want to talk about some of some of those steps specifically. So I mean, what if what if I'm still a little bit confused? Are there people that that can help me? What would you suggest? Who can I reach out to? Sure. Um, and a lot of people do this within my own family is first ask a family member if they can help you or a supported decision maker a friend, or as I mentioned before, a caregiver, possibly if you have a guardian, whoever you have uh, to help you navigate it, if you're confused, um, try to get some help. And then if you don't really have anybody readily available and you're in a managed care program, um, a family care program, you can go to your care manager and say, I need help getting this done. Or if you're an IRIS, ask your consultant. Um, IRS consultants have been trained on the resources and how they can help you um, access a vaccine. Um, and then you can also call a new vaccine helpline. And um, I, I believe you're going to be sharing that number out. Are you, are yeah. you not, Lisa, with everybody? Yeah, I'll put that number in the show notes, but what do you, what, tell us anyway. Sure. It's one 844 6841064 and that's a new vaccine helpline where you can call with covid questions where vaccinations are located all kinds of information so if you get stuck that's another option so it's going to family or friends case managers or consultants or the helpline so there are places you can go for help Okay. You said get stuck. I know. Get stuck, right? Get stuck. <laughs> we are all going to get stuck. At We're least all going to get stuck when we get a vaccine. That's correct. But it's only for one second. <laughs> right. Okay. So here we have to bring this up to how much does a vaccine cost? What do I need to know about that? Anything related to insurance? Sure. Um, the vaccine is free to everyone in the state. So that's a good news. It's not going to cost anything. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. Okay. That's very good to know. So, okay. Next, next kind of question in that step. So I know I want to get the vaccine. Um, I know that I'm eligible. Like where are the different places I can go to actually get vaccinated? Oh, that's a good question. And there are a lot of options out there. Um, you can Call your physician or your clinic to find out where to go. You can also contact your local public health department. 
you can call a pharmacy, Walgreens, um, Pick and Save also, and Metro Mart provide vaccinations. There are community vaccination sites posted, and a lot of times they're on the public health department sites or just the county sites. And they're also out on like Facebook and, and different social media sites. And there's also a new vaccine locator map which if you go to the dhswisconsin.gov COVID vaccine map, you'll be able to see, and Lisa will put it in the link, and you yep. can locate where vaccination sites are. So there's a, a lot of places to go. Yeah, that locator map I find really helpful. It really kind of just puts little dots everywhere near you. I think if you have access to a computer, a lot a lot of this is going to be easy to easy to navigate and figure out how to connect. But like you had said earlier, there are other people in your life that you can ask for help. And then that vaccine hotline, I imagine, will be super helpful to people too. Correct. Correct. Okay. So now I'm ready to schedule my appointment. I figured out the different places I can go. Would you have some tips on scheduling appointments? Yeah, um, it, it just, I guess it depends. You know, some places are easier than others to get an appointment. It really comes down to where you live. If you're in a rural community where the health department maybe has enough supply, you can get in faster. If you live in, in a metropolitan area, maybe you live in Milwaukee, it's going to be slower going. So there aren't a lot of tips to get in faster, but we have been hearing going through a pharmacy may be an easier route for some people. So if one place you check out doesn't have available appointments, you can try another. Um, and, and again, ask family uh, friends, supported decision makers, caregivers, guardian, anybody you can ask if, if they can assist you and navigate it. And then again, case managers in family care or your IRS consultant can assist you too. And, and because there's so many different places to get appointments, each one is a little different. And I know, Lisa, you're going to be posting some flyers that were put out that I think are really helpful in, in what you have to say when you sign up for a vaccine yes. and, and some of the different places, again, like Walgreens has been found to maybe be a faster way than waiting to get, um, get an appointment through public health. Yeah, my one tip uh, for the Walgreens or the pharmacy signups online is just to get in early in the morning. Um, I think that's when you're gonna have your best luck with finding an appointment time, but I, people have had a lot of luck with that, I think. Yes, I've been hearing good things. Okay, so to the transportation part, you mentioned in one of your steps, like if you don't drive or um, you, you know, don't have access to a car or, or you're not sure how to get there, how, what can I say about transportation and help that I can get to get to that appointment? Sure, um, again, if you can't find somebody to give you a ride, and again, this tip, I'm gonna to try to put it out there again, encourage your caregiver to get a, get a vaccinated too and go together. Um, that'd be a great way to get a ride, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I always give that tip and, and family and friends too, right? Try to get them to, to go. 
And again, in family care, ask your care manager because they can set up that ride. For other people who use the non-emergency medical transportation, contact them. They will do same day appointments for vaccinations. And if you live near a Walgreens, but that Walgreens can't get you in and you have to go to a Walgreens farther away, they'll take you to that spot. So wherever you can get a vaccination within their area, um, they'll be able to arrange for you to get vaccinated, get that, get to that appointment on time. I think, you know, I think Sue, that bears repeating. So if you use non-emergency medical transportation, NEMT, you can contact uh, MTM, which people who use NEMT will know this, and that they have been instructed or understand that people can use that service for the same day rides to a vaccination appointment. Yes, and it is on the flyers that you're going to be posting. It's very clear on that. Um, the department has worked with MTM and they're fully aware that a vaccine appointment can arise pretty quickly. So they may not get the notice they typically get to set up a ride, but they're aware this could happen. But as soon as you get your appointment, let them know. Yes, that's super helpful. And the, these uh, fact sheets or flyers that Sue keeps referring to, they pretty much address everything Sue is talking about and more. Like every question you might possibly have, I really encourage people to go to those fact sheets. And so please look at the notes because you're going to get even more information. So yeah, there's some great resources out there. Okay, so I'm like really eager to get back to normal. I know I want the vaccine. How long am I going to have to wait? Oh, uh, yeah, the waiting is the hardest part. And thank you, everybody, yes. <laughs> for being so hanging in there this year. We all have to thank each other, right? Because we're all in this together. And it's been a really tough year. And it's been a year since we've been on lockdown this week. Can you believe it? Hmm. So we're all anxious, especially with the weather getting warm and things, you know, opening it up more. But just remember that even if you're eligible, there may be a wait in your area because there's more people that need vaccines than there is the vaccine available. And we keep getting more shipments, but it's still not enough to get give everybody a shot. So even if you're eligible, it's going to take months to get everybody who's eligible vaccinated. So please be patient. I know it's hard to keep continuing that, but let me just say, even if you get vaccinated, you're still going to have to wear a mask and still be careful until everybody's vaccinated, right? So we still are going to have to have the same precautions in place, even post-vaccination for a while. So just keep that in mind. And again, when the weather opens up, you'll, you'll get, be able to get outside more and take walks, and that's going to help and, and get some fresh air. But just be patient and hang in there. Yeah, I think that's really important to remind people that getting a vaccination isn't a free pass. We still really do have to keep up with our hand washing, our mask wearing, our social distancing, and not in crowded spaces, things like that. Are there some things that will be safer for us to do once we're vaccinated, Sue? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're in a maybe in, a, in your circle, if, if you've had your second dose and it's been a few weeks and somebody else in your, your group has too, then you can let down your guard some. And then once 
the communities are opening up more and more and more people are vaccinated, then it will be safer to go out and safer to be in groups. So just be patient. Um, but yeah, it, it, it will get better. And, and again, I think the key with vaccination, the long run, yes, is so we can be together. But in the short run, to me, it's still about protecting ourselves from that virus. So in the meantime, and just after you get vaccinated, you still have to be very diligent. Um, you should be anyway, right, with hand washing, but we still have to be diligent with uh, the social distancing and the mask wearing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've covered a lot of ground today. And before we just remind people of the resources and places for more information, is there any um, tip or topic that we didn't cover that you'd like to share? Well, I think we covered about all. I, I guess my my one tip is just to to take care of yourselves, and 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 do take advantage when the weather's warmer, and do what we can do and what we have control over, because we really don't have control over that supply of vaccine, or really when we're going to get it. Just know it's coming, and all of us need it, and we will get there, everybody. And then also, I just want to remind people of the resources, and I know you're going to post them. And I myself use the BPDD website for information, as well as the Depart Department of Health Services website for the most current information. And I do think that new vaccine call center line will be another really good resources, as well as the vaccinator map. So this week, all this stuff really got updated, and it's it was put into one flyer for people in long-term care programs that will really help people know what they have to do. Yeah, uh, you said BPDD. So just for folks, BPDD stands for the Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. But if you're on your computer and you use Google, you can Google for um, Wisconsin BPDD and even include the word vaccine. And I think you're going to come up with some really good information, as well as Sue mentioned the Department of Health Services website with all of their really great um, COVID information. I'm going to leave people with the helpline number one more time. But again, everything in the show notes, but if you want to get your pencil, I would write down 1-844-684-1064. And Sue, it's been so wonderful having you. I've been a trip down memory lane for me. You were our personal care nurse way back when our daughter was little. And um, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, our listeners, for listening to the ARC Experience podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this informative episode about accessing the vaccine, and we hope you will join us next time. Today's episode of the ARC Experience was brought to you by the ARC Wisconsin, the state's oldest advocacy organization for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. It's funded in part by the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. Our theme music, called Species, is the property of EY5Z and cannot be copied or distributed without permission. It was produced by Eleanor Cheatham, a composer and artist with autism.